Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from Pastor A.J. Fowler. talked about there's which I always catch it when I read through Proverbs every month but it talks about that um, I'm going to say it right because I've read it in so many different translations but basically without an ox the stall is clean but with the strength of an ox comes abundant of harvest and so he was, he was equating that with revival and he said because we know that we're in that and to some it may not appear that way but you know you got it. You're seeing the transformation. You're seeing a continual flow of, of God doing some great things in the house. And um, he was talking about that. And he said, you know, there's a lot of churches that are squeaky clean. They don't have any messes. Nobody coming in. There's no transformation. But if you really want to see a harvest, you have to be able to grab the shovel and get ready to scoop some stuff and say, hey, we're gonna, they're going to come in. We're going to love them. We're, we're called to love them. I can't change anybody. We're going to love them. We're going to watch God do the work, and we're going to see revival. And so I, I've looked around, talked with so many people. You feel the excitement of what God's doing, the transformation taking place in the house just on, on a weekly basis. It's not just in, in people being water baptized and being saved, but it's taking a step further. It's hitting every aspect of their life. And the, the spirit of revival is in the house, and we know that true revival is not just a three-night preacher coming in and, and blowing things up for three nights and then the church goes back to normal. No, it's, it's, it's actually begins to affect the city. And that's what, I love what Pastor Reddy told me. He said, he said that uh, in revival, he said, you know, when a church is, some people call renewal what, or revival what really truly is renewal. When God begins to renew the church, people's passion and pursuit for God begins to be revived. It's not really revival, but he said revival is when it starts impacting and changing the city. Renewal happens in the church. Revival happens in the city. And so we have been praying for our region. For those of you that may not be acquainted with our house we are praying for our region, not just our city, because many of you drive from all over. We have families that drive from Waynesboro, drive from Decatur County. We have families that drive from McNary County and, and, and northern Mississippi from time to time. So it, it's a regional church. We're reaching out, and we want to see God continue to move. We want to see, and he's doing some extravagant things. So I'm excited for that. And uh, tonight, um, I'm going to go into part two, and it's funny because it's been quite a few weeks since I did part one uh, because of the process of everything. You know how sometimes on, on Wednesday nights, we have our first Wednesday encounter and all those things, and, but I, I started a series called Blessings and Curses, and it's been, um, I don't know, i say a few weeks ago, so to speak. And part one, if I could just recap for a moment, if you have your Bibles, do me a favor and turn to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy 28, uh, I want to recap for just a moment, 
this was a subject that I dove off into, and I knew it was going to be—I knew it was going to be a heavy subject. But—but uh, but I saw, I heard so many people talking about, like they didn't understand the implications of not so much the blessings, but the curses. And, and so I'm going to take it a step further. Now, next week, I will go deeper than I am this week. But just to give you a little bit, I will teach this uh, at, at a good pace, and we'll just see what God does. Uh, but the first week, when I kicked this thing off on blessings and curses, it, I, there was a, a subtitle that I called it The Unseen Forces. Because blessings and curses are unseen forces. You don't see, I mean, let me rephrase that. It, it manifests spiritually. It happens in the spirit and then manifests in the natural. Everything in God, it's already happening in the spirit before it ever happens in the natural. And so blessings and curses, uh, many of us know uh, we, the, the blessings of the Lord. It's every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Uh, um, and then we talked about curses and what that's acquainted with and what it's, it's, it's it, and some of us, we maybe we walk through constant frustration. We seem to never get a breakthrough. One of my main lines that I said in that first week, if you're interested in hearing that, some of you may not even care, just scan the QR code outside or on the giving stations. And what you'll see is at the very bottom of that list, they'll pop up a link for podcasts and you can go back and listen to week one so you can catch up with it. But, um, but curses... It is something that that it, it doesn't just it doesn't look to just end with you. It wants to hit your generate. It's God's a generational God. So Satan's a copycat. He wants to copy. He cannot. He he mimics. He can't create anything. He, he and so he'll what he'll do is he'll he the opposite of that. He tries to work and get into a family in some way through an occult through uh, some type of uh, door that you open up. It could be if there is if I I, I don't feel I don't want to hit on this too long, but because like you can go back and listen to it, but. But if like there's divorce that's ran, that spirit of division that somehow it got back some generations back, it'll attach itself to that. And that spirit never dies, but the person may. And so you may wonder why your marriage is struggling with the way that you're struggling. But it could be that thing is attached to itself or somewhere. Maybe you open the door for yourself into your family. And it, could, it can run in so many different facets. Alcoholism, addiction of any sort. It's not just alcohol and drugs. It could be other things. And so... There's unseen forces at work that we, we uh, may not see. So much we're acquainted with the blessings of God, but may not be so much with the curses. And so what I want to do is coming into tonight is I want to talk about God's list. That's what I want to talk about, his list, God's list. And before I get there, I'm going to take um, methodically step through some things leading up to God's list. Um, in Deuteronomy, the first week that I, I, I kicked this off, I was talking about I pulled out of Deuteronomy chapter 30, and I'm going to flip over and read just a couple of scriptures there really quick before I get into 28. But Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15 says this, uh, God's speaking to Moses, and as he begins to speak to the people, he said, see, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. Go to the next verse, if you would. And then he goes to verse 19. This day, I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now, choose. Does anything that God lists in Scripture say that it's going to naturally happen for you? It says you choose. Just like in the book of Proverbs, it says choose the fear of the Lord. You have to be the one to make a choice, and you do it every day when you talk. And I said the first week, one of the, the, one of the main vehicles that blessings and curses function and operate through is what you say. I'm telling you, 
what you say, and then it kind of flows in with actions and with deeds and with thoughts. I mean, people think that, well, uh, you know, thoughts are, I can't, I want to dive into this, and maybe one day I will, kind of talking more on the spiritual realm and what's happening when you're having thoughts. You can't ponder those too much because you're allowing, you're, oh, anyway, I'm not going there. Anyway, so it says that God speaks and says, now choose life so that you and your children may live and that, that you may live. And that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, one more verse, and hold fast to him. That means you get a hold to him and you don't turn loose. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That just speaks to us that it's, he's a generational God, that he looks to not only Justin hit you, but he looks to hit your children and their children, and then just keeps going on. And depending on what you've opened up, because bless, curses and blessings can stop with you, or they can hit you and go through you and hit the next generation. So you need to know that. And, and some of us, and, and I told a story last week that uh, of my grandmother, uh, my, my dad's mom, that she... Um, she had kind of opened some doors with reading tarot cards, messing with Ouija boards and things like that. And I personally, because those spirits do not die, they look to hit you in the next generation. I hit my knees in repentance because the iniquities of a forefathers are what? Come on, anybody know your scripture? Visited down to the third and fourth generation. And that goes blessings and curses. Here's the thing about God, and I'm going to move a little bit further. Here's the thing about God. When God set up his principles and his commands, and I love what I'm about to read to you, his principles, his decrees, his commandments, read Psalm 119 and pray it. I'm telling you, it's the longest chapter in scripture, but it's all on the word of the Lord, the commands, the decrees, the promises. David just spends time, oh, how I love your promises, your decrees. They're, they're, they're like honey to my lips. I mean, read those and pray those. Let them become your, a, a personal prayer for yourself. But when he said these things up, they didn't come with an expiration date. They're eternal. And we are expected to live by these. If you will do these things, they're conditional. That means that you'll function in blessing. You'll receive blessing. You'll live long. Live long and prosper, right? So I know that's corny. Levi, laugh, man. Help me out a little bit. I have some people laughing. But we will. That's, that's how that God, you, you're expected to obey. Well, what I don't want to, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pout and lay here and just, I'm just upset because God didn't do what I expected. And God's going to, he's going to stand right beside you. He's never going to leave you, but he's going to let you wallow in your mess and your dysfunction until you finally come to your senses and stand up, take your diaper off, put your big boy pants on. And he's like, all right, I'm here. I've never left you. Now let's move forward. It's time to progress. So God will walk with you through every situation of your life. But he, he will not, uh, you can't manipulate him. You with me? So in blessings and curses. And so many Christians who should be enjoying blessings are actually enduring curses. I'll talk about it. Give me some time. But I want to open this up. Two main reasons. You ready? The first one is this. They do not know how to recognize what a blessing and a curse is or how to discern those. So, well, this is just the way that life is. It will be that way until 
you come to the revelation that, no, I'm not called to live like this. Poverty. We're in a poverty-stricken area. I refuse to let that hit my children. Poverty is a mentality that you can't rebuke. You have to give your way out of that. It's not something that you, I command it to go. But I'm not going to live in lack. God is not a God of lack. He's a king. Jesus is king. And kings are living in abundance. Now, I'm not trying to get twisted on some of that prosperity. But I'm about to read you something that talks about that you're called to live in prosperity. Okay? Beloved, I wished above all things, you know the scripture, that you would uh, uh, be uh, blessed and live in health just as your soul prospers, that you would prosper, right? So the second thing is this, if they're under a curse, they don't understand the basis upon which that they can be released. You can be released. Christ became a curse on a tree for you so that he could redeem you from it. It's the curse of sin, Right? But there's also an aspect of God where he's, he's, he is loving. See, this is the problem. Humanity, we view God and we try to fit him right here. And he doesn't. He's infinite. He's beyond anything we could fathom. I read scripture because that's how I get to know him. I will never know all of this. I'm telling you that everything I talk about tonight, you read it for yourself. I challenge you to read scripture for yourself. Don't take my word for it. I'm taking you on a journey of what God spoke to me along with some things that I've read that bears witness with my spirit according to scripture. But we, when, when we look at God, some of us may see him only as love, and he is. But scripture also says that he's a judge. God doesn't look at your sin and wink at it and call it grace. He gave you grace to empower you to live a righteous and a holy lifestyle. Be holy for I am holy. So if I disobey what he commands, then guess what comes on my life? I invite curse. And I'm going to talk about it. Because not all that we experience is Satan coming after me. If you're constantly in a state of warfare, something's not right. God doesn't want you living in a state of weariness and battle and warfare all the time. He did not create me to live 24-7, 365 in warfare. Jesus said, come to me. What did Jesus do with the demonic? How did he fight it? How did he deal with these and walk in blessing? He dealt with every demon that he come in contact with, but he didn't go seeking for him. Okay, I'm, I'm off, off of that. So I want you released from curse. If God would reveal to you, if you're living under a curse tonight because of something that happened through generations prior, well, pastor, I didn't do it. It doesn't matter. That spirit has attached itself to your generational line, your bloodline, and it has to be stopped. Am I talking over anybody's head tonight? I hope I'm not. I hope I'm talking straight to where you're at because I understand this. I'm telling you, we're seeing this, but my wife and I, we've seen this, experienced this. So Deuteronomy chapter 28 says in verse one, listen to this. If you, what? Fully obey the Lord your God and carefully observe and follow all his commands. This is interesting. Sorry, side note, ADD kicking in. I'm trying to get better at it. Commands. I was reading in the book of Proverbs, and I love when it starts talking about commands and decrees. I used to not like that. I think it was just touching on my rebellion a little bit. needed to go. But when it comes to commands, you know another word for commands in Scripture? This is cool. Code of wisdom. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all of his codes of wisdom that he set up along his word, that he gives you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all nations. There's a scripture in New Testament 
that Peter says, submit yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt. Give him full attention, submit, surrender to God and he will exalt you. This scripture is saying that the Lord will set you high above the nations. In other words, he will exalt you and promote you. Those of you seeking promotion in your job, where's your heart of obedience to the things that God is speaking to you from Scripture and from, the, and from is he, are you giving him space to speak? Because he'll bring promotion into your life. Submit to the process, his, not your own. I'll keep moving, sorry. Just dialogue as we go. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey it's conditional. The blessings of God are conditional. Well, I thought if I just came to church, paid my tithe, and, 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 and served some, that it, no, there's more. That, those are things that we ought to be engaged in because we love the local gathering of the people. I love this people. Therefore, if I wasn't pastoring a church, I would still be in a church, serving in a church, apart, tithing, and giving because I understand the principles and the laws that God gives. All right? All right, let me move forward right here. So... Down, and I'm going to take this a little step further. Verse 9 says this. It says, the Lord will establish you as a holy people as he promised you as an oath. If you keep the code of wisdom, the Lord your God gave you and walk in obedience to him. Verse 13, really quick, says, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. That the head makes all the decisions. The hell just, uh, the, I said the hell, excuse me. I didn't mean to cuss in the church house. The tail follows what the head makes the decision on, right? If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. You will be above only and not beneath. Now, I'm going to encourage you not only to read Psalms 119, read Deuteronomy 28. You all need to be acquainted with the blessings and the, cursing, the curses that God lays out. Now, if you read this, what you're going to find, well, this is Old Testament, Pastor AJ. This is all Old Testament. Well, let me take you to New Testament, Romans chapter 11, so that we can validate it, so that everybody thinks that, well, he's just preaching Old Testament. So if you would, Lynn, bring that up, Romans chapter 11, verse 22. Notice how God is both kind and severe. He's kind, but he's also severe. Can I give you a little, little tidbit, a little nugget? You've heard me say this before. Love is kind, but love is not always nice. God loves you too much to leave you like the way that you are. When you get saved, you think, I've punched my ticket. I'm going to hang out right here. I'm done. No. God doesn't want you comfortable. He doesn't want you complacent. God is a progressive God. Prophetic. The prophetic is a progressive movement. Aren't you glad that God didn't just, just didn't stop in the garden and say, I'm going to send the seed of a woman that's going to crush your head, Satan, but you're going to bruise his heel and stop and never fully fulfill that word? Some of us are still living on a seed, but we've never fully manifested the word. I don't want God to stop with me because there's more available to me. Man, I want to go somewhere, so many places. I've got to be good and stay on task. So... God is the sole and supreme source of all blessings, regardless of what channel they come through. Curses that proceed from God. Now, people are like, oh, my gosh, the Lord. Yeah. It's, it's according to disobedience. It's, he's bound by his word to fulfill it. Right? 
Curses that proceed from God are one of his main ways of bringing judgment on rebellious. Rebellion is as the sin of what? Witchcraft. Wow. I'm not, I'm not out here in a five-point pentagram star, Pastor Ray J, sacrificing something. No. But what's in your heart, that little thing called rebellion, that whenever someone that loves you enough to tell you come out of that lifestyle, that you wrestle no, I'm not. I'm good. I'm good where I'm at. What do they know? No, because you know what I found out? I've said this to a, a lot of people from time to time. God just show up three times in your life. I say there's more than that, but three different dimensions. The first is he shows up in the place of prayer to deal with your heart. And if you don't have a prayer life, that's scary. Then he sends a friend, someone close to you. Sometimes it could be someone at random to come and give you a prophetic word. Say, hey, you know, I just felt to tell you this. Give you the word, but maybe your heart, your heart is hard and still rebellious. And so the next step is humiliation before the mass. And so I don't want to be rebellious. And God says, if you'll do everything that I've told you to do, blessings will follow. It'll come upon you. You'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be above only and not beneath. You'll be blessed in the field. You'll be blessed in the city. Whatever your hand finds to do, I'm going to bless it because there's faithfulness. There's loyalty there. There's a commitment there. There is a, a, an honor. You don't just honor up. You honor down. You honor around you. You honor those. You love all, all sorts and types. Of, but you have drawn a lot. You don't compromise. You're not taking up and worshiping mammon. You're not worshiping money. You're not worshiping a job. You're not worshiping a, a, a specific a man or a relationship or a whatever you want to, you, you're committed to what I'm asking you to do. You're, you're submitted and yielded. But I, I love how Romans lays it out. Notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe towards those who disobey. Look at that. He's severe towards those who disobey because God hates disobedience. He hates gossip. He detests those that would cause dissension. Those are things that he hates. You cannot expect to walk in the blessing of the Lord and have gossip on your breath. Now, this is Wednesday night crowd, so I, I can go after it a little bit. I can't, how can I, how can I expect to walk in blessing? And, and I'm, I'm going to preach to myself because I, I'm hard on myself. That's one thing Pastor Eddie told me the Tuesday. He said, man, you need to lighten up. I'm like, I get it. Talk to me. Daddy. Lighten. You need to. You don't take yourself so serious. I'm. I, just relax. I mean, she she tells me that all the time. But it's like I have to listen. I have to listen to what God's saying. He is severe to those to those who disobey, but kind to you if you continue to trust in His kindness. But if you stop trusting, you will be cut off. And if you read the context of the scripture, it's interesting because Paul is talking to Gentiles. We're the Gentiles. We've been grafted in, right? But he's talking about the blessing that comes upon us. So, really quick, first, really simplistic. You listen to what he says. What does that look like? I listen to scripture. I get into it, know that this word is alive, and it will penetrate soul and spirit. It penetrates, speaks directly to the... So I have to listen. But not only do I have to listen, then I have to do what it says. And that could come through guidance for relationships, faithful of the wounds of a friend, as I was just talking about just a moment ago. So in our lives, if, if there's any area of our lives where maybe 
uh, if there's sickness or if there's a situation or something that is just going off the rails, I- I'm going to refrain from suggesting that you're, in a, you're under a curse in any way because I'm going to give you a little bit of context of that in just a moment. Because um, it- it's possible that maybe some of these areas of our life that we're under a curse, but without the Holy Spirit illuminating to you and revealing it to you, there's really no way because here's, here is the end all right here. If you don't hear anything else, this is for some of you, catch this. There is only one expert who, whose diagnosis is final, and that's the Holy Spirit. He's the one that illuminates you and reveals you to yourself to let you know, hey, this is some stuff's not right here. So we always need to be conscious and, and to depend upon him and his leadership, okay? So I just want to let that be known. But in reference to talking about curses before I list, literally these lists are going to be right close to the end of a message, but I, I want to, I, I'll, they're really simple for you, okay? Um, ro, uh, excuse me, Proverbs chapter 26 says that like a fluttering sparrow and a darting swallow, an undeserved curse does not come to rest. So what does that mean? That means that a curse that comes upon your life can't come unless it's deserved. That's scripture. I know some of this may sound harsh, but it does not come upon my life, and there's, there's a reason for it, okay? That's what, that's what Solomon, the wisest man, and I challenge you, read a proverb every day. It's really, really good medicine for you. So curses cannot take effect unless there's a cause for it, just like blessings. Blessings cannot take effect unless there's a cause for it. Wherever there is a curse at work, there is a cause, okay? So I think it's very important for us to identify roots. Like, don't deal with the fruit, get to the root of the problem. I've said this before. It's interesting that so many times we struggle with, we would rather pick the fruit off of our trees and so that nobody else, and look the part, but never really get to the root issue because we understand that's going to be a challenge, that's going to cause me to change. God changed these people around me because, like, I've been wanting to change you, not everything around you, you know? So I want to deal with the root. So when a curse is evident, I have to be willing to be honest with God, remove the mask because he can't change who I pretend to be, right? And he's not. He looks for someone that's authentic, real, coming before him and lay it before him. So find the root cause, There are five conditions to blessings. Five conditions. This is per Dake, the Dake Study Bible. I love it. It's a really great resource. Five conditions for blessing. The first one is this, simple, and it's listed in Deuteronomy chapter 28. If you will fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow his commands I give you today. In other words, hear and listen. Hear and listen. That's a condition. The second one, remember the blessings of the Lord are conditional. There is an expectation on you. There's something that you have to do. You hear and listen. Second, observe and do all that, his, that he commands. Observe and do all that he commands. Number three, walk in his ways. Proverbs speaks to the path of the righteous and the path of wickedness. If you'll read Proverbs long enough, you'll begin to identify, man, he's talking about paths, your feet, whatever, your hands, your lips, there is, there's, I'm on a path that, and and the, the word of God is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. You will enlighten my path. So it's important to understand which path am I walking on? 
Walk in his ways. He enlightens the path. Don't, number four, don't turn your heart towards other things. Don't let something, don't compromise. Don't settle. So many of us, when we start making these, these pushes to grow in our relationship with the Lord, the enemy always shows up and he begins to start trying to push compromise. And he'll come through a back door where your heart is committed in a specific area. Sometimes he hits you in the area of relationships. Sometimes it's through the weaknesses that we struggle with. Don't compromise. Don't turn your heart towards other things. Incline your heart to God. Don't set recline to then let life happen around you. Number five, don't go after other gods and serve them. Now, people say, well, I don't, I don't do that. I don't, I don't have a God erected in the middle of my living room. No, you may not, but what takes your time? What is it that I give all of my money? Is my focus monetary things? Is my focus, I, I just got to make more money. I got to send my kids to college. Well, let me ask you a question really quick because this is something that I pray about often. I don't know that my kids may be called to go to college. I know that's going to mess with some of you. I'm all for education. But if God didn't call my kids to go to college, then guess what? I'm not going to try to push them in the direction. We are wanting them to hear God's voice for themselves. And that's okay. That doesn't make them less than. But I want the will of God. I don't want the will of AJ and Crystal. I want God. What is it? I want to point them towards his commands, his code of wisdom, the path for their life and not the path that I desire for them to go. All right? So... The cause of curses is the exact opposite of the blessings. Blessings result from not hearing God's voice and, and, and not, or excuse me, curses result from not hearing God's voice and not doing what he says. I put this in red and I wanted you to catch it because I want you to see it. This refusal to hear and obey God's voice can be summed up in one word and I've talked about it already. Rebellion. Not against man. But against God, very simplistic, but I want to put the cookie on the bottom shelf for myself so I don't have to reach and try to give you something that I haven't ever digested myself. I know that sounds really stupid, but I'm just saying, I want to make it simple, okay? That's it. Because the blessings of the Lord and the curses that, that is put upon Scripture because of disobedience are real. They're, they're not some ethereal thing. There is a spiritual realm you cannot see with your eyes. I'm telling you. I said that when I preached this the first, there is a realm you don't see. There's angels on assignments. There's demons on assignments. There is legit witches. There's legit warlocks. It's not just something we watch on a TV show. It's real. People have assignments uh, from God and people have assignments from the enemy. So it's, it, it's, it's, it's real. And so God wants his people to operate and function and blessing and that comes from presence. Presence is a divine mark that of, how do I word that? Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with me, I'm not going because that's the distinguishing mark on your people from the rest of the people on the planet is presence. And the presence on my life, I'm marked with favor. I'm marked with blessing. I'm not saying stuff doesn't happen. I'm never going to say that. But I don't have to let my, I don't have to let my, my circumstances define me, right? You with me? All right. So here is your two list. Kind of quickly, they're simple. They're suggested, all right? They're, they're, this is what you're going to read. Uh, I think it was finest date list 21 blessings, but for simplification processes, here you go. The suggested list of blessings, the first six, are these six. The first one is exaltation. 
Exaltation. He told them. He said, I'm going to exalt you before all the people of the earth. So exaltation is the first one. The second one is health. The second one is health. I don't know how many times as a kid that I heard that woman and my father say all the time, if you don't obey your parents, your days are going to be short. (laughs) And and there's truth to that. There really is. But health, I want to live long. I really do. The third one is reproductiveness. And I know that may not be the correct spelling for all of that, but this is the way it is. Reproductiveness. That's not, uh, that's not just so much in my physical body, but it's also in my business, in my future, in whatever it is to reproduce. Because God wants you to reproduce uh, also physically as well. Um, the fourth one is prosperity because it's listed all throughout scripture. So many people, well, I'm supposed to live poor, not have anything. No, that's, that's a lie. That, I'm not, I don't embrace that. Can I, you know when Jesus was born, here it comes, bam, it just kicks in, rabbit. I have to shoot the rabbit, okay? When Jesus was born, we think that there was three wise men. We don't know how many there were, but they, when you present gifts to a king, you don't give three small items. They brought camels, and there are, there's a school of thought and theology that these however many wise men that came brought camels that fueled Jesus's ministry, his whole process. Now, people say, well, what about that? I'm just saying, kings and those that understood Jesus's birth, they brought wealth. They gave. They understood. There was Jesus... I don't, I don't believe that he lived in such a way that I'm, I'm not saying that he, he sat on a throne. There's, no, no, he didn't do that. But I'm just saying, I have, and I, I tend to believe the school of thought that says that when they gave gifts to him, they brought lots before him. All right? Not just three items. Okay. All right. Three items, but in bulk. All right. Here we go. The victory is the next one. Victory. Victory. How many of us are literally walking in victory tonight? Are we busted, broke, disgusted? I'm not talking about financial. I'm just talking about never mentally, emotionally. Well, this is just the way that it is. Is it? Or have you embraced a curse upon your life and you're good and you're comfortable with it and you're just going to live? Because that's what the enemy wants. He wants it to hit you and hit your next generation. Because what he does is he leavens just a little bit in so it's not so noticeable because, again, he don't show up with a pitchfork and horns on his head. Come on now. He leavens a little bit in until it begins to hit the whole lump. And then he starts hitting the next generation. A little bit more. Because what is this saying? What one generation tolerates, the next generation will celebrate it. Just like what we're seeing in our nation right now. And that's why I say God's not coming back for a week in the church. So, victory. I'm called to be a conqueror. And that's the blessing of the Lord upon my life. Well, well, whatever you want to say, no. That's why I make declarations all the time. That's why we're making declarations over our finances. And people are saying, these checks are showing up in the mail, Pastor. I don't even understand this. No, it's because it was stolen. And God's saying, because you opened your mouth and made a declaration, that it's coming back to you. God wants me to live in blessing, AJ. I'm telling you. And the last thing is God's favor. Favor ain't fair. God marks somebody. Have you noticed these people? You can get jealous all you want to. It doesn't matter. 
But what I, what I want to do, because there's something that's like, why in the world is that happening for that guy? But it happened, happened for me. And it's like, no, it's wait a second. I've got to honor what God's doing on that person. I don't know if he's doing it legally <laughs> or whatever, but God, whatever you're doing, I'm not, I'm not saying that's good, but Father, bless them. Let it continue to come. God will show up and bless you until it embarrasses you. Now, this is going to mess with you a little bit. Now, don't, 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 don't run from the comment. What I mean by that is, is he, have you ever had God bless you in some way that it comes in so many ways? You're like, all right, God, that's enough. Anybody? Well, not me. I don't know about you. No, I'm saying, but there's been so much of a blessing before. It's like every time you go to a fast, there was a season that every time I went to a fast food joint, somebody was paying for my food. I'm not saying fast food is not good for you. It's not good at all. You don't eat that stuff. What's wrong with you? But it's every, every, it could have been the devil. I don't know. But every time I was going through a line, it was paid for. Now, people can say, well, that's just, is there, there, the word coincidence is not in the Hebrew vocabulary. It's not. Because why? They believe that God has ordained and destined every aspect of their life. But I'm just saying, God wants to bless. He wants to pour out more upon you. What is it in the book of Hebrews that it talks about because that you're pursuing him, that he rewards those who will go after him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's scripture. All right? Okay, I'll get off of it because some people don't like it. Seeing the looks. The, all right, now let's flip it. Suggest, suggestion, or excuse me, the suggested list of curses. You ready? That's going to mess with some of us. This is scripture. You read it in Deuteronomy 28, your time. The first one is humiliation. And why does humiliation come? Anybody been listening? You didn't do what he said. Disobedience. He tried to talk to you about it. He tried to have a conversation with you in prayer. He tried to send a friend. And the next thing he was like, I don't know how to make them turn. And some people still won't turn. I'm telling you, God got my attention. And <laughs> I've said it before, but when it's like when you begin to, oh, God, that's all I can say. Help. I'll never do it again, you know, right? But you go right back to it, you know. Humiliation. I don't want to be humiliated. God, deal with me in secret. Deal with this heart right now. But this is, this is a curse. God lists in Scripture. Here's the next one. Barrenness and unfruitfulness. It's listed in Scripture. I'm just saying. All right? I'm not saying it's exactly, but it's a list in Scripture. Number three, mental and physical sickness. You know, there's one that says that, oh, I'd have to go ahead and find the Scripture. I better lay off of it right now because I'm going to hit it next week. Frustration, uh, madness, all list, mental and physical sickness. Number four, family breakdown. Am I making anybody uncomfortable? I'm just giving you scripture. I'm serious. Read this for yourself, okay? I mean that. Family breakdown. Never can find breakthrough. Never can seem to find peace in the home. Jehovah Shalom, we have a great time at church, but when we get back at home, it's chaos, Everything's in, in uproar. I may not have anybody here next Wednesday night or Sunday. I pray you come. Please come back. I promise you it gets better. <laughs> I want you free. I really do. Uh, next one, poverty. Poverty. It all started with disobedience. Disobedience and rebellion. Defeat. The mindset, you're constantly defeated. You can't seem to get ahead. Oppression. Then you feel that 
hard hand that you just feel like you can never lift your head up. I feel the weight of this. You constantly feel like you're defeated and you're oppressed. The enemy has his hand on you. Next one, failure. Things just seem to fail. Nothing's, I can't get out. What's going on with this? Demetri, come. Play something really good, really anointed. <laughs> Release the anointment from the keyboard. And the, and the last thing, God's disfavor. Maybe some of us are in a place where we have been rebuking the devil, and I'm the voice to tell you tonight that God is looking to highlight, speak to you, I love Jason Upton's song, God Illuminate What's Right in Front of Me. Lift the veil. I, I, I would, literally, I promise, y'all know that when, when the Lord shows me things, I see it in my mind's eye. It's like a reel that happens in, in, uh, in my mind. That's how he speaks to me a lot of times when I prophesy. But I, today, I think it was this morning or yesterday morning, I was praying, and I saw some things in myself. I saw myself before the throne of God, and it was, I mean, the, it was bright, the, the, God's throne was so bright and my spirit, the scripture says that the spirit of a man is a candle unto the Lord, searching all the inner rooms. It's Proverbs. And so I saw myself standing before God's throne and I saw it was so bright and I was like I was translucent, like you could almost see through me, but I seen these black spots. I gotta be honest. Some things that I struggle with. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. That's wrong theology. I'm a son. I'm saved, but I may sin. Because nobody's perfect in this house. Can I get an amen from somebody? <laughs> they ain't Jesus. We ain't no perfect house. But I saw these black, just, just, and I'm probably being a little bit too transparent. It's okay. We're, we're good. I hope. Um, and, I, and I said, God, show me these things. Give me revelation of what they are so that I don't walk in any type of disobedience, any type of rebellion. Illuminate me, God, because anybody that comes into your presence is completely naked. There's nothing hidden from you, God. You're the father of all spirits. You breathe life into me. I, I'm, I'm alive because of breath. And so I need you to reveal, what is this? And so God began to speak to me about things, and I began to repent. That was two days ago. I keep a short I, I repent every day. <laughs> I want to make sure I'm good. Listen, I didn't come. Some of y'all are eternally secure, all right? You came from a church, a background that you're eternally secure. I may not have come from that. I may have been eternally insecure from time to time. I deviated from day to day to day to day. I'm, I'm good, but I'm just saying I want to make sure that I keep a heart of rapid repentance. I'm quick to say, God, keep this heart tender. Because tenderness takes me deeper in presence. I'm telling y'all, you get a tender heart, there ain't nothing in this world can shake you. You'll, you'll be quick to forgive, quick to release offenses. You won't hold anything tight to you. You'll be easy to correct. People can come up to you and say, it'd just be like water on a duck's back. Beads right off. But these lists that I just gave you on two facets, these are all scripture. I'm challenging you to read them for yourself and ask Holy Spirit, speak to me. Show me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. I can't emphasize this enough. And I want to take you back to what I showed you the very first week I taught this. 
three R's. There's actually four, so I never list the first one. And last time I didn't do it, so forgive me. So the first one is this. Come before Holy Spirit and ask him to reveal. Holy Spirit, I am humbling myself before you, God. My father, my daddy, your Abba, your Papa. I come before you. I yield. I yield myself in every aspect of my life. And I always, when I pray, I always, Holy Spirit, Jesus is who it is. He's the fullness of the Godhead. Jesus, I'm asking you, empower me by your spirit to surrender every aspect of my life so it's all under your influence. He will only use what you give him. So if you're 40% submitted, guess what he's going to use? 40%. 50%, that's what he'll use. 100%, it's amazing. So I, I, I first ask him to reveal. I just talked about that. The next one is this, and it'll be listed. Repent. Simple. What does that mean? Does that mean grovel in an altar, rolling around on the floor until everybody's left the church? And I've already told the staff, hey, you lock it up when they're done. We're fine with that if you want to do that. But no, repentance is simple. God, I'm sorry. Generational curses, things that we've opened the door to, to the past. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the way that my, now this is just an example. This is not real. I'm sorry for the way that my father treated my mom. I'm sorry for the affairs he had on her. And I repent. I know that it doesn't change his eternal state. Whatever he, wherever he's at, it's where he's at. But I'm repenting for what he did because I don't want his curse falling to me. I repent. I say what God says about it. I repent. God, I'm sorry. It wasn't right. Forgive my family. Forgive me for the doors that I've opened. Forgive me for playing and doing and thing, things that I shouldn't have done. I repent. Second thing is I replace. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Say, put the second one up there. Repent. Revoke. I revoke it. What does that mean? Unsay it. Cancel it. I cancel what I did in my life, I put an end to the validity and the operation of this, this sin that was functioning in my family line. Just like I did, I told you the first week. What my grandmother did, God, I declare, I plead the blood of Jesus over my wife and I and our children. That witchcraft does not move into my family. I declare, we're not going to have to deal with those things. I make a decree, I make a decision, and I promise you, God, I belong to you. And the third thing is you replace it with scripture. You got to get the word in there. Eat the word. Let it become a scroll to you. Replace my previous wrong confession with the right one. Maybe you said, well, this marriage is never going anywhere. My children are never going to do anything. This is, the, this, is as, this is as good as it gets. And you're being very passive aggressive. You need to unsay that. You need to revoke it. And you need to replace it. No, I declare that in the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. And every tongue that has risen against me, written or spoken, I cancel it in Jesus' name. I declare that I'm the head and I'm not the tail. I declare that this church, regardless of what people have said about our church and what people said about our people, I don't care what your marriage has looked like. I don't care what your children has done. Guess what? I declare in the name of Jesus, we will be the head and we will not be the tail. We will be above only and not beneath. We're going to be blessed in our region. We're going to be blessed in our homes. When we walk into our homes, Jehovah 
Jehovah Shalom is going to invade it. Jehovah Shammah because he's already there. Jehovah Shalom where there's nothing missing, there's nothing broken. I declare kingdom is coming. It's here and it's increasing. There is revival upon this. I'm telling you, I, I just I just have to, I spend a lot of time in here breaking word curses sometimes. Things that I've heard, things that's been, and somebody... Thank you, Hillary, for pointing that out. Sometimes people's text stuff. Sometimes people has written stuff. Sometimes people have journaled things. And you know what? Somehow it maybe can carry some weight. I'm not going to play with it. I'm just going to declare that those word curses, written or spoken, are broken. They cannot light on us. An undeserved curse cannot alight on me. In Jesus' name. I want to be pure, and I want to see God move in blessing. Because here's what I, what I understand. Stand to your feet. I'm sorry. It's 830 but some of y'all, your kids are already out of school anyway. I don't know where you're at in your journey with the Lord, and I don't know what God's been showing to you tonight. Let me, let me ask you a question. Has God revealed anything to anybody in this house where you know something? It's like, man, there's some stuff, Pastor AJ. There's some stuff. Anybody be honest to lift their hands and say, that's me? Anybody? See some hands going up in the room? He's revealed it. So what I'm about to do, Andrew, if you would, drop the lights. I want it to be intimate between you and God. We're not going to have a dance party or nothing like that, but we're going to drop the lights a little bit, and I want you and the Lord. This is your time. I don't care if you come to an altar. I'm, I, I, I want it to be between you and him. I want him to speak to you, and I want, I want you to feel his presence begin to saturate you. Listen, Jesus is here, and there's always angels in this room. Because I've been praying them. I've been telling them, God, the angels that nobody wants to use, this is, this is a landing and a launching pad right here. We want to host them in this house. So, Father, I just pray all of your angels that you've dispatched, 